you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Uh, super excited today. We have a special guest. We're going to be diving into lead generation, but this guy is an expert. He's been doing this for many years now. He's flipped over 100 houses, a best-selling author. He teaches for fortune builders, um, giving back in that aspect, and you know has over 29 doors um, currently in his rental portfolio. Uh, he's just an all-star in all avenues of real estate investing. So we're definitely blessed to have him on today and, um, being able to dive into lead generation is something that, you know, obviously we have to get to that point to be able to, to be able to build up our portfolio and to get these deals coming in. So I think this is going to be a great topic for, uh, anybody just getting started to, um, to understand, you know, the, the dynamics and everything that's needed, the step-by-step instructions on how to get those leads coming in so you can build that team and, and build some momentum moving forward. So with all that being said, super excited. What's up, Josh? How you doing today? Hey, great, Brandon. Thanks again for having me. Really super pumped, excited. Uh, big honor to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Um, really excited to jump into the material and you're absolutely right. Lead generation, I think for anybody listening to your podcast should be the number one thing you should focus on in your business. Because if you can find deals, um, you can be extremely successful in this business, whether you're wholesaling, you can join venture with people. Um, but I tell people find, if you can find the deals, you don't have to rely on the MLS or wholesalers. Um, you can be extremely successful and you're going to be highly sought after because other investors are going to want to work with you if you're finding deals. So really excited to jump into that topic, which I think, especially if you're brand new in this business, I think that should be your main focus is how to source deals and get good deals. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be um, something that is definitely needed, tremendously needed. And, uh, you know, I know you're the man that's going to be able to provide a lot of value for these guys. So uh, with that being said, for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving into it? I know you have yeah. a, a, a long bio of all the amazing things that you've done over the, the last you know few years. So if you don't mind... Yeah, absolutely. So um, like you mentioned, um, I have a a pretty wide experience level in real estate. I've worn almost every hat you can wear in real estate. Um, I started with buying rental properties, but that was at a time when banks weren't lending. So then we got into flipping um, and then we kind of evolved back into buying buy and holds. Um, But then through that process, we started our own construction company. I became a real estate agent um, and then I wrote a book about being a real estate agent. I really believe in marketing and how do you separate yourself? Because I mean, the real estate community is, is actually fairly small, but how do you differentiate yourself between you and, and you know, the person next door. So um, creating unique marketing messages, creating um, just ways that people kind of look at you 
differently and think of you over maybe one of your competitors or uh, maybe your letter resonates with somebody um, versus your standard boilerplate template um, that you can download. You know, a lot of web websites that do the do for you marketing, they're like, you know, you can use our templates and we'll send them out for you. Well, that's great. But, um, you know, what's going to be the response when they're receiving that same letter from 10, 20, 30 other investors? So um, really honing in your message um, and, and, and marketing, I think, uh, again, I think is really where people should really focus and uh, hone that skill um, because that skill will open so many doors. Yeah, I love so, it. So um, I would, I think when we talked before we jumped on this podcast, I think, you know, we, we were talking about how can we give the most value to your audience? I think that's why, you know, you're successful. You're always trying to figure out how do I give back? Um, me, myself too, I, I have that mindset. I run um, the largest real estate networking group that meets in the city of Chicago. Um, and, you know, people ask me, well, why, you know, uh, why is your group so successful? Well, um, <laughs> trying to be humble and yet uh, to kind of give you the insight, but it's just because I want to give back. I mean, like at my meetings, you know, we're not a, a pitch-a-thon that's from start to finish. I, I, when anybody comes into my meeting, I mean, I only charge $5. Oh, so, you wow. know, I'm not getting rich from my, <laughs> from my meeting, but when somebody pays $5 to come to one of my meetings, I want them to be like, man, that was the best $5 I ever spent. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I got the most value from that five dollars, um, and I, and that's why you're successful too. I mean, you're you're looking at you know just when we had this discussion um, a couple of weeks back, and you're like, how can we give the most value to to my audience? So I'm um, really excited to do that. And I think the way is talk about how to lead generate. Maybe if you have little experience, maybe you have a lot of experience, maybe you have no experience at all, and you've never been in the real estate industry. I think this applies to everyone. Um, and that's pretty much a strategy to help you find properties uh, essentially that nobody else has a list for. Um, and then it's, it's, it's a list you don't have to pay for. Now, um, it's a list you're going to have to spend some time to develop. Um, and we could talk about ways to outsource this afterwards um, at, towards the end of it. But if you're brand new and you don't have any money to start out, I mean, there's no reason why you can't start investing in real estate and getting involved in real estate. Um, now you may not have the money to flip your own deal, but you can definitely wholesale and joint venture. Cause again, if you bring the deal to the table, people will want to, as long as it's a good deal, people will want to join venture with you. Um, so I, I think if we want to talk about that, that would be, uh, I think the route we want to go. Yeah, of course. So let me just back up for a second just for clarity for anybody listening, you know, how long have you been doing this? And you know, what made you um, actually jump into real estate? Yeah. I mean, I've been in real estate uh, about uh, a little over, well, actually maybe now 12 years, but um, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I realized, I think a lot of people have a similar story. They read a book like Rich Dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that book really just opened my mind to real estate in general and um, what were the opportunities with real estate and you know I didn't I had a degree in um, computer and electronic technology um, but you know I was gonna go work for someone so um, that didn't really appeal to me to, to stay in that I wanted to be my you know have control of my own destiny 
and kind of control my hours, control my lifestyle, uh, lifestyle by design, being able to give back. I mean, you can only do so much as, as uh, uh, when you're working a nine to five. You know, I think, I think what made me decide, hey, real estate, I'm in the right place at the right time. I met with the home seller. She met with, I think, two or three realtors. And both realtors told her, yeah, she needs to clean up the house. She needs to do this. She needs to do that. They don't want to list it. It wasn't an, uh, an affluent area. And uh, essentially, um, that didn't give her any hope. She didn't have any money. She had no escape. Uh, she was literally, I would consider, you know, she considered herself to be a prisoner to her own home uh, just because of the condition it was in. And, um, you know, she, was, she met with me and my brother and she told us, you know, she contemplated taking this bottle of pills before she met with, you know, the, the previous night before she met me and my brother. So, I mean, that, that right there, like told me, Hey, we're doing the right thing. Like we're cha we're literally changing lives, saving lives. Um, I can't do that, you know, working for a corporation again. I mean, I was, I came from a, from a company where I had a company vehicle, uh, I was making six figures. I mean, I was making really good money, yeah. um, but I wasn't making an impact. I wasn't making a difference, you know, uh, and, and, and that, so, so, so at that point we came to a realization, Hey, this is what, this is really what we're called to do. And uh, that's really what drove my passion to give back and, um, and, and dive into real estate full time so we can help the most amount of people. I mean, that story was pretty incredible. We bought her, we bought her a brand new condo. So this was even before we actually helped her. This was just talking through what we did. I mean, uh, the, the creativeness that we did with this, like uh, just a standard real estate agent or even most real estate investors, I guess wouldn't think to do this. But I mean, we actually literally bought her a condo, renovated it um, right from where her son used to work across the street. It was in the same town where her house was. We gave her the title. She owns it free and clear. And then um, we moved her into that. And then we closed on the on the house. So it was just a really cool story. We were able to help her. Um, and, you know, she was getting elderly. So we got her first floor unit, no stairs to go in and out of the building. You know, her old house, she had to go upstairs to go, you know, to the bedrooms upstairs. So, I mean, all around, um, it's just a really cool situation and uh you know and, and obviously we we did well on that deal too but you know we gave so much value um in this that we really um literally changed her life and 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 maybe even saved her life so um that's 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 why i do what i do um i mean that that's what gets me pumped like i said it wasn't like i was at some some dead-end job where i wasn't making good money i mean i was yeah um I mean, wow, even most real estate investors would be happy to make that kind of income, you know, um, and, and I was doing that working for corporate. But again, what, what was I doing that for? Yeah, no, I mean, gosh, that, that story is uh, extremely impactful, especially at the end of the day, if you can make a win-win situation and really um, be able to just make a difference in somebody's life, isn't that what it's about? That's huge. That's such yeah. a, I love that story. That's impactful. So, so moving forward, you know, how did, how did you, I guess that, that was, uh, that was right in the beginning when you're first starting out. That's one of your first kind of deals in the mix. Yeah, that was, that was maybe yeah, like two or three years into it. Cause I, I wasn't full-time starting out, you know, again, I was buying rental properties. I was working a full-time job at that time. 
Yeah. Um, and then we were starting to flip. Um, so that was early on in our career. Okay. So I want to talk about lead generation, but before we jump into that in just a second, um, I want to hear some, you know, some learning curve stories or something that, you know, really shocked the hell out of you and, and you had to do some, uh, creative thinking to get out of the situation. Um, well, one thing comes to mind, it may not be a, well, it is a story for us, but I, I preach this at my meetings. I preach this every time I, I meet people is, um, a lot of times you meet contractors and this is particularly geared towards flipping houses. Um, sometimes people get attracted to a contractor cause they just give them an unbelievable price. Most of the time that price is too good to be true. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And one of the biggest mistakes we made uh, is, and, and I tell people this all the time, and sometimes people listen, sometimes people don't. And when they don't listen, I always see it happen to them. But what happens is you get in too deep with a real, uh, not a realtor, but a, a contractor. So I tell people, never give a contractor two jobs until they prove themselves on one. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that is, you need to have a contractor successfully finish from A to Z and the punch list items before you give them two jobs simultaneously. Because what will end up happening, what happened to us at one point in our career, is we gave a contractor just way too many jobs and then we were essentially, you know, um, we were, I don't want to say, I'm trying to think of the words to use, but we were pretty much trapped because if we had to fire this general contractor you know, we would have been in really bad because other contractors never want to come in after another contractor. They charge you more. Yep. You know, they always say, oh, this contractor did the work wrong. And so that's my biggest advice. And so what we did actually to get out of that situation, part of it was actually getting our own um, contracting license. Now, I don't recommend people having to go that extreme. Just follow my advice. And, and now that we have it, it's a great thing. But I mean, that's what we had to do to get out of that situation and then hire the subs because it's a lot easier to fire a sub than it is a general contractor. Um, so now, I mean, I guess it was a blessing in disguise because now, you know, we do jobs for homeowners. We've done plenty of jobs for investors where we'll build brand new homes. Um, we'll do remodels, additions, you know, kitchens, bathrooms, the whole gambit. And I don't know if we would have ever, that would have happened unless we, um, you know, this had happened to us, but if we weren't in a position, I mean, that for most people, they, that, that could have totally destroyed their business. Yeah. Um, and okay. so, so, you know, there was literally trial by fire. Um, so I'm, I'm not recommending people to go out and get your contracting license because there's a big learning curve. We already had, you know, years of experience before we did that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, definitely, um, follow that to a T if you're going to flip houses and if you're brand new and starting out, I mean, I would even recommend possibly even joint venture. If you're going to want to flip it, joint venture with somebody that has the experience, learn their systems, learn their processes. How are they paying the contractors? How are they putting the scopes of work together? How are they doing draws? Yeah. You know, what's the process to, to actually flip a house because going out and winging it, um, you, you know, you're, 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 you're going to learn the hard way and you're probably, you know, I've seen it too many times. People flip one or two houses and then they're just done. Yeah. Um, 
they either paid too much or they just got taken advantage of by a contractor. And I see it all the time. So that's why today I want to talk about, I, I always say you can screw everything up in this business, but if you do two things right, you'll make a ton of money. And number one is find deals. And number two is, is find good contractor and do the construction correctly. If you yeah. can do those two things right, you could screw every other aspect of this business up and still be filthy rich. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's why I like focusing on those two aspects. And I think focusing today on finding deals uh, because the, the, the flipping, the contractor part, that's something that you can join venture with someone to do. For sure. Cool. So let's dive into it then. So me yeah. just starting out, if I was just starting out, starting over, you know, what, what would you recommend um, to get started? For yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great question. The first thing that you want to do is identify where do you want to work? So, uh, I mean, that should be, it could be easy. It could be difficult. I, I say, you know, start it preferably start in your own backyard if possible. It's just easier to get to. If you're working a full-time job, maybe it's between where you live and where you work. So it's either on your way to work or on your way home from work. Yeah. Maybe it's in the town that you work, but make it convenient for you. If you have to drive one hour somewhere um, in an opposite direction or a place that you're normally not at, um, you're going to, you're going to get worn out from just window time and you're not going to want to lead generate. You're not going to want to make the trip. Uh, and you're setting yourself up for failure. And I like setting people up for success. So make it somewhere that is convenient for you, preferably in your own backyard. So identify what market you want to work in. That's number one. Um, number two is it's very easy. There's, there's no list you need to buy. You just need to literally, I call it driving for dollars. You could do walking for dollars. You could do biking for dollars. If you live in the North, you could do snowboarding for dollars. <laughs> so whatever, you know, you want to get exercise while you do it. I mean, the thing is identify properties that need work and you'll be amazed at how many properties need work. And it may not necessarily be drastic work, but maybe the lawn is not being maintained. Perhaps the bushes are overgrown. Perhaps there's, you know, the little weeds that are growing out of the uh, gutters. Um, I, I, if I see a tarp on a roof, I call that a bullseye. I mean, there's literally something going on there that they have a tarp on their roof. Um, perhaps, you know, there's some sort of distress situation more than likely they either had something just recently happen or there's something going on where they can't afford to make that repair. So more than likely they can't afford to keep that house anymore. And this is an opportunity um, to add value, to help them, to make them an offer um, and provide solutions because that's what we're in the business of doing. So step two is identify these properties. And with step one, going back a step, talking about identifying your location, most, uh, in, in the city of Chicago and the surrounding suburbs, a lot of them are called villages for some reason, but go into your, your city, your village, your town hall, and most of them have maps. And you can literally get a map of the entire town. It'll be like a fold out map that you just keep folding. And then it's, you know, it's a huge, huge map, but you can get those for free usually at the town hall. And then you can literally go street by street, cross them off circle where there were houses, 
take notes. So when you're going to these properties, step three, after you identify them on step two, is leave them a note saying, hey, you know, I was driving through the neighborhood, I was walking through the neighborhood. I like having, uh, putting a, a familial, uh, a family aspect into the letter. So if you're married, you could say, say, um, and, and women, handwritten notes from women do better too. So I just want to put that out there. So wow. um, if, if, if you're married, you might want to say, hey, my husband and I were driving through the neighborhood. If you're not married, you might say, hey, my family and I were driving through the neighborhood. We were, uh, were from the area. Uh, you could say my brother, my sister and I, you know, just where you have it. Again, people like working with families a lot of times over businesses because what this allows you to do is, again, if you're just starting out and you don't have some state-of-the-art website, you don't need it for this strategy, which is why I'm talking about it. So, yeah, I, I actually, uh, when I first got started, I was sending out um, just in my particular neighborhood properties that I really liked and, and I, I saw a lot of distress in them. I would actually send, I would take a picture with my girlfriend right in front of their house. That's and, awesome. And I would send it out to them and I would always get funny responses back like, oh, you guys are already picturing yourself in the house. I'm like, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> that that right there is a million dollar ninja trick if i ever heard one that is brilliant i love that yeah we're gonna that, and that's the thing you're eliciting an emotion a response you're getting them to pick up the phone and dial you because they're seeing um and so that that would be on the follow-up step which i'm going to talk about after you leave that initial note but I love that. I'm actually going to steal that. And uh, <laughs> that's what these podcasts are for. <laughs> yeah. so, so jumping back to the first step, when you're developing, you know, where you actually want to, you know, wherever you resonate with, where you think it's going to be um, beneficial for you. I really love the tip with make it convenient either on your way to work or in the area so you can stop on the way to or from. Uh, which makes life a, a lot easier. I do long distance, which makes it a little bit crazier. That's, a, that's not even a drive away. I would have to fly there. But, um, you know, how do you recommend any websites or anything to, to be able to make sure that that market is a solid market and something that would be prosperous and beneficial to jump into? Yeah, so, I mean... The, the easiest place to look um, is your Zillow's, your Trulia's, your Realtor.com's. Um, and then just look for the highest sales in those neighbor, you know, in that community, let's say. If it looks like there's flipping going on in that area and there's lots of it, um, that's an area that you want to target, especially if you're going to be doing, um, you know, joint venturing with someone or wholesaling. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if there's a lot of flipping going on in that area, um, it's going to be easy to wholesale. So, you know, we could talk about what reverse wholesaling is, but essentially identifying your, your end buyer too, which I think we'll talk about a little bit here. Um, and that, that may be what you want to do too, is, is identify, all right, um, I went to this RIA and I met three or four investors that are true cash buyers and they're buying in this community, or I'm looking at MLS records or, um, there's different services out there. Like I have findcashbuyers.com. Um, I've had that forever. So that's what I use. I don't even know if people can still buy that or not. Yeah. Um, I've had that forever. So that that's what we use. But we see, okay, where are there a lot of cash buyers? Yeah. 
Um, and if there's a lot of cash buyers in that area, well, that means this is probably an area um, that people can um, come in and, and your buyers are going to be cash. And then you can identify who those cash buyers are, reach out to them, identify what exactly are they looking for, and then kind of targeting those types of properties. So I never recommend just relying on one investor unless that investor is buying like 200 300 homes and then you could just literally spoon feed them deals yeah. um there are some of those out there um so if you find them yeah you really want to but but sometimes what happens is you got to have some backup people too because uh a lot of times criteria from one investor is going to be completely different from another investor and, and the deal to one person is not a deal for another person so i'm glad you brought that aspect up but but Preferably where there's cash buyers and preferably an area where there's lots of flipping occurring. Yeah. So I, I typically actually invest in an area in Ohio that it's very low um, flipping, but there is a lot of buy and hold. So that's what I resonate with. Um, and I take advantage of the burst strategy mm -hmm. to, uh, to be able to complete my transactions. Um, but so are you buying those to flip or to rent? No, to rent. So I do okay. the full remodel on them and then yep. I rent them out. Um, or yeah, so I buy distressed properties. I do the full remodel. I rent it out and then I refinance. So I get most of my money back to repeat. Um, but overall, you know, Googling the, the name of the city and then city data typically pulls up a lot of uh, good information that's insightful for, you know, when you're actually planning on holding in comparison to doing the you know, flipping. So yeah, the, the, the burst strategy and, and that's another, that's another aspect to find buyers too, because yeah. let's say you don't have the money to buy your rental properties yet. Um, usually landlords and buy and hold investors will actually pay more for properties than flippers too. So yeah. I don't really, I tell people not to rely a hundred percent on flippers um, and, and prefer it. If you can get some big guys that own a lot of doors yeah. and figure out what their criteria is, um, they're even willing to pay more than somebody that has to flip it. So I'm glad you brought that up too. Yeah. Cool. So now that we know where, you know, step one, where to actually find your location, your farm area that you're going to be investing in. And then step two, start driving for the dollars, um, finding those distressed properties that really stand out the, the sore thumbs in the neighborhood. Um, afterwards for step three, you leave a note. What would that note say? So it would, again, it would like, let's say you're married. So it would say, um, and then again, I would have it come from your wife. It, it, it resonates better with people, but Hey, my husband and I were driving through your neighborhood and we're looking to buy a home with XYZ schools. And I love the school. So, you know, why I told you to get that map, because then you could put, you can kind of see where the school districts are, are at in, in the area. Yeah. Um, and um, and then if you put in there the schools, well, this looks like a super custom letter. Like you're not out there going to every house in the neighborhood, even though you are, <laughs> and every home in, in, in the city. But so now it's like, all right, somebody's looking at this letter. It's extremely personal. All right, this is a husband and wife, or this is a son and, and, and father, or, um, you know, uh, sister and sister, business brother and brother business, but this is like maybe they're going to move. So again, you're just increasing that curiosity. And um, 
and you say, you know, hey, we're willing to buy the house as is and close on your timeline. Um, you know, please give us a call. You know, please give me a call. And, you know, sincerely. And then you put your name, sign it, date it. Um, if you're a realtor, you do got to put on there that you're, you know, a real estate agent. Absolutely. But then you, you could, yeah, but then you could put something like, um, if, you know, we, if you sell it to us, you're not going to have to pay any commissions, you know, something like that. But um, so if you are a realtor, you could still use a strategy. You just need to disclose that you are an agent, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the goal is essentially is for them to know, hey, you, you've seen their house and you're interested in possibly making an offer on it. And you leave that note on the door or, you know, you put it in between the screen, but you're leaving a physical note on the door. And, and I recommend this because sometimes, and I'll go into the follow-up part with the mail, but um, the physical note, sometimes if you're sending mail, sometimes people don't get mail to that house. Sometimes it's not getting forwarded. So sometimes mail, sometimes the physical letter may be the only letter they receive. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would go um, to leave that note. Um, and then again, I'm, I'm writing it in a notebook and then I enter it into a spreadsheet. Okay, this is 123 Main Street. It was the, you know, greenhouse. Okay, what was wrong with the house? Okay, it had overgrown bushes and had a bunch of newspapers piled up. Um, you can even find out when trash days are and when people aren't putting out their trash. This is an easy way to identify vacant properties. Yep. Um, or you could go like after a heavy snow People aren't shoveling their driveways. There's no tire tracks. This is another way to identify properties that are vacant. But I'm going, I'm, I don't care if they're vacant or not. I go after vacants and uh, occupied. I go after them both. But if you, you can just, if you want to be very strategic about going after vacant, because usually they have higher motivation. Um, but we're leaving that note on the door. I write the notes down. And then I'm entering that into some sort of spreadsheet. Yeah. So, so you can keep track of it and stay on top of it um, and know, you know, exactly when you were last there along with the follow-up, which is very, very important. Yep, absolutely. So then you start, I mean, you start just building. I mean, in any business, I don't care what business you're in, list building is extremely powerful. Um, the bigger your list, um, the more essentially leverage you have, the more opportunities you have. So you create this list, you essentially have this list forever until people sell yeah. um, or they move or, you know, whatever that case may be. But, but you own this list. This list is not a list that, that you could go online and buy um, because literally a person had to go there, see what the issue was, write it down into a spreadsheet. And so it's low competition. You know, unless they're, they're in some other situation, maybe it's pre-foreclosure. Well, they might be on a pre-foreclosure list. But sometimes people are current on their mortgage. Um, it's just they're, you know, they, they just can't keep up with the house anymore. Maybe the house is even paid off. A lot of times we see that as well. The house is paid off, but they're still struggling to all the equity and all the money they have is tied up in this house. And, and other than that, they don't have any money. Um, so, so what's, what's powerful about this is it's, it's extremely low competition, yeah. extremely low competition. You know, if you go online and you buy a pre foreclosure list or you buy a, a probate list, um, you know, it's, you, it's super saturated. Yeah. You might be one of, 
and I'm and I'm not exaggerating. It might be one of a hundred letters that somebody's getting. Um, I've I've been on those those situations before. People have a you know stack of this eye of of letters they've gotten from realtors, attorneys, investors. Um, so so what I love about it is low competition. So you go through, you you knock out, you know, make a day of it. You know, you could yeah. you could build a huge list in one day. Leave those notes. You might even want to pre-write the list and then just leave the um, the school part empty, and then you write that school part when you're on, you know, and then you then you stick it on the door. Um, so again, you're you're making it custom, um, just like what you're doing with taking the picture in front of the house. You have your spreadsheet. Now um, you can do a couple things, and 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 I recommend doing doing them both. Uh, number one is following up with a direct mail. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say, I'm going to add to step three because what you did was genius. Take a picture of you in front of the house. <laughs> if you're there with your, your spouse or significant other, that is, is genius. Um, yeah, then following it up. Better looking than you, that it, it's a, it's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and we've done that before. We take a picture of the house and that sort of thing. But I love the, the idea of actually having yourself in front of the house. That, that is even more powerful. Um, so we'll do that. We'll send the letter with the, um, with the picture of the house mentioning, hey, I was in your neighborhood the other day. I uh, just want to reintroduce myself. Again, I'm, I'm really inter interested in my wife and I or my my brother and I, whatever that case may be, are really interested in, in making an offer um, on your house. We really, really hope we'll uh, we'll get a chance to talk. You know, and you put your information again, and this elicits extreme curiosity from people. Extreme curiosity, so you will get phone calls. A lot of times, people just want to know what it's all about, making sure it's not a scam. Yeah. You will get call from even police. Sometimes people call police; they don't know if it's a scam or not. But you just say, hey. You know, for me, I have a website. I just direct the police. This is what I do. This is my business. You know, we're trying to buy houses. And that's what we said in the letter. We're looking to buy a house. So we're not, I mean, that that's the business we're in. So um, you may get that. Don't get discouraged if you get a a, a, a call from from Officer Johnson or whatever. Just full, give them full disclosure of what you're doing. Um, and, you know, let them know. And, and, and that'll usually be the end of that. Um, now, sometimes you may run into some things with no soliciting, but you can get a solicitor's license. It's not that difficult to do. Um, and, you know, some of them might say, well, hey, you need a website on your piece of marketing. Well, that's fine. Well, I'll put a website link on there. I actually prefer if we don't have a website link just because I want people to take action in the call. Yeah. Um, but you can put a website on there. Um, as well, usually we follow up with the websites, maybe a few letters into it, okay. not right away, because I'm trying to get people to call um, or text. And then we, we put the website in there, so they're like, okay, these people are legit. Um, and sometimes people call, and then they're like, hey, who are you? I'm like, oh, well, we're, you know, we're, I'm a local investor, yeah. um, you know, and I am looking to buy a house. And, you know, me and my brother are looking, me and my wife, we're in a family business and we are looking to buy a house. This is our business. This is what we do for a living. Yeah. Uh, have you thought about selling? I find that a lot of people get very intrigued by, you know, who you are and, and what you're doing before they actually decide to open up and, 
it, it just comes into play that whole know, like, and trust factor of um, them getting to know you before they decide to open up and, and share their story of how they got into this situation. And then once they have trust that you could actually solve their problems, then, you know, it all starts unraveling. As far as your follow-up with the, the direct mail marketing um, on that particular property, what, uh, what is your ratios? Like, uh, do you do it, you know, 10 times? Are you doing it two letters and then calling it quits? Or um, is there a stopping point? Uh, I'm going to keep sending them letters until um, they tell me to stop or I'm ready to sell. Okay. Um, now, I'm not hitting them. Like, initially, I'm going to hit them, you know, like the first three letters, we're hitting them within, you know, one month apart. But then we're, we're starting to then stagger them out further and further and further and further out. Yeah. Or we're not hitting them every single month. But um, essentially why I'm doing that is because um, I want to talk to them. So they got to call me to tell me, stop sending me letters. Yeah. Um, and, and do you our, tell people that in your letters? Cause I actually tell them that, you know, if, you know like, I'm going to keep sending these <laughs> until you call me, call me. Or, the other, or else you're, I'm going to keep on bothering you. <laughs> I don't have that verbiage in my letters, but it's, a, that's a great, I am like, that's why I love doing like podcasts. Cause then you like, you kind of get a, yeah, yeah, you're brainstorming. Yeah, I, I love that idea. So that'd be something to add into like letters three, four, five, <laughs> and well, and on. It, so. it really it really cuts out the BS. Like if somebody is 100% not motivated whatsoever, it's like you know you're chiseling at a brick wall. So yeah, it, it really it really separates that. Um, and if you can just talk to them over the phone, then you have your personality that can come out and really be able to ask those thought-provoking questions to be able to find out, you know, are they somebody that I could potentially work with in the future or is this definitely a no-go? Yeah, absolutely. And if they call you and you get upset people again, you're going to, in this business, you got to develop a thick skin um, because people will be extremely angry that you're leaving them letters or, or you left them a note or you're sending them letters and all that. But yeah. Um, again, at the end of the day, I'm, I, I'm, th this is the business I'm in. And if you're not, I say, if you're not pay making people angry or making people upset, you're doing something wrong. You actually should be, um, because that means at least the people are, you know, you don't want to piss everyone off. Right. But some people are just, are going to be angry if they're getting letters. Yeah. Um, I like to call it, you're stirring up the pot. So yeah. you know, you're, you're just, there's a big pot of uh, people that are distressed and going through everybody, you know, if you just think about your own situations, everybody's going through something yep. so, or you've been through something in the past. So acknowledge that when you're finding these distressed properties, most likely these people are going through some problems and that's where you come in as the expert to be able to solve their problems, help them out, make it a win-win situation. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you might ruffle up some feathers doing it. So you're stirring up the pot a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and sharing stories, you know, may, maybe you're not in a place where you've helped anyone, but Hey, I, I'm just sending this letter because I've, you know, I've, I've helped some, some families in the area. And then you tell a story, just like the story I told you, or, you know, I have other stories too, of where we've helped people in, in, in different situations. And this is why I do what I do. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this to make you angry. Yeah. You know, I'm doing this to help and, and make a living. Um, and, um, you know, when you come from that place, I, sometimes people's guards will go down and, 
Um, then you could even ask, like, hey, you know, I know you said you're not interested in selling, but do you know anybody who might be, you know, and then that might open the door um, for something else. It, you know, you could say, hey, uh, even if you're not interested in selling, I'm always open to grabbing a cup of coffee, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm, 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 I'm a person just like you. And, you know, um, this, to, to me, it's more than just buying houses. You know, I'm, I'm looking to, to build relationships and, you know, just offer like when you, when you do that, it really puts people's guards down oh, yeah. when you, when you come from a place of help and Hey, I'm, okay. I'm just like, I'm just like you. I mean, we're all, we're all humans. We all, we all bleed red blood. I mean, it's, it's, we're all, we're, we're, we're all the same. It's just some, some of us are going through, like you said, we all, everyone's gone through, um, everybody, even people that have been handed everything in their life, they've still gone through at that's some right. point in their life. Some, sometimes that's, that's difficult. And so yeah. sometimes, I mean, we're literally almost psychologists in our business. And, um, when, when, when you give empathy, um, it, it really, um, people can sense that and, and, you know, that you want to give back and, and help. Um, so, we do that. We also, so I, I told you we do two things and I recommend people to do the same. The second piece, not only is the mail, but you can also a lot of times look up people's phone numbers. Mm. Um, and we use Cole Realty Resource data. They just look up Cole Realty Resource on Google and um, you could type in an address, get a phone number. Now they just added emails to that too. Um, so you could do that. You could add people on Facebook. I mean, there's so many, you know, Facebook stock. I'm literally, <laughs> but I mean, so we're hit, we're trying to get people from all different aspects. And if you're a super ninja at like internet marketing, once you have their email address, now you could start targeting them with ads. Yeah. And, um, they're like, man, this guy is everywhere. Right. And, um, so there's some really, really cool stuff you can do. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff which you can do. Like I said, you're listening to this, develop the skill to how to get deals. Um, because if you get that, man, like I said, people will want to work with you. Um, but, but so, so we follow up, uh, if we can get a phone number, we'll, we'll, we'll call. Um, and then we'll, if we can get an email, we'll email as well. Um, and then the, the, the phone calls are not, um, like, we're not going to be pestering them as much as the mail, but it's, it's, um, you know, we'll probably do three or four touches if, um, if, if they don't pick up, it always goes to voicemail. If, if we don't get a voicemail, some people don't have the voice, we're just going to keep trying them, you know, at different times of the day. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, overall, the main goal is to be able to get that one-on-one -on -one conversation and then ideally actually meet at the property and talk face to face because body language in person is a, is a whole nother art in itself when it comes down to negotiation and, and finding out, identifying what the true problem is, um, as well as, you know, creating a solution for the problem. So, um, yeah. so typically, you know, your conversations, when you actually do get somebody on the phone, uh, what is it a minute or two, or are you actually diving into these people for, you know, a half an hour sometimes when it comes down to the, the deal makers, yeah, no, I mean, um, sometimes you get somebody on the phone, you know, for example, like, hey, this is a situation, like a lot of times you can tell when people uh, aren't motivated, they yeah. care less. Um, and then you could, a lot of times you can identify that on the phone, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the main thing is to try to set some sort of appointment, um, if possible, and then meet with them. Because sometimes people will also 
um, tell you one thing on the phone and it's a completely different situation in person. So, nice because nice. again, they, yeah, they don't, they don't know who you are over the phone, but you, you said it best when you're face to face, um, people open up to you once you open up to them and you build that rapport and that, you know, when I'm going through a house, I'm not, um, um, I, I'm trying to build rapport the entire time. I'm not there, um, essentially, um, you know, we may point out things that are wrong with the house and that sort of thing, but, uh, the, the goal of the appointment is to build rapport. Um, and, and again, you know, like for example, if they have a dog or a cat and you have a dog or a cat, you can talk about how much, you know, like, um, like I love animals. So like, that's always, if people have animals, that's like a great way for me to relate to people. Um, you know, if they, the, you, you go into a room and there's a bunch of sports memorabilia, um, you know, and you're, let's say they're a Bulls fan and I'm a huge Bulls fan. So like, we'll be talking about the Bulls and, um, you know, so try to find commonality when you're at that appointment. And then oh. that just, yeah, rapport, rapport is key. It is. Uh, um, and, and you could try even establishing that somewhat on the phone. Um, you know, the, the easiest thing to do is talk about like, this just comes natural sometimes where you talk about, um, you know, weather or whatever, but that, you know, try, try to make it not where it's like this scripted, you know, how much do you owe? How much is your house worth? You know, like if, if you're like following this rigid, rigid script, um, people kind of, uh, can feel that. And, 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 uh, again, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust and that you, the only way to do that is to start building rapport. Yeah, that's so true. As much as I think it's like common sense for the most part with certain, uh, you know, commonalities, bringing, bringing that stuff up, um, for some people it might not be. So just like FYI, I had this happen to me. I'm a, I'm a dog lover, like animal lover in general. I have two dogs myself and I've had somebody in a meeting with me, like somebody that I was going to hire on. Uh, I, I told him about my dogs and, and he was just, he started saying the most negative things about dogs in general. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, you and I are building walls here now instead of yeah. like this relationship. So I, I think it's very crucial if, uh, you know, if you're very against something, maybe just move on from it, but acknowledge yeah. when you acknowledge, uh, something that is very strong, uh, opinionated to the other person, like try to build that relationship yeah. instead of, uh, maybe potentially hurting it but yeah find find commonalities versus differences because i mean at the end of the day you know somebody could be in a completely different point in their life but they're still going to have commonalities to you and and you know even the people that are the most different from you they're still again they're human they have different things they're going through yeah. you can empathize hey my aunt was going through the same situation or you know um you know finding whatever that commonality like if you're working with probate i mean my father passed last year so that's something i talk about my my dad was my best friend so it's something i like to you know um if, if it's that kind of situation well you know you know i know this is tough you know i i just went through something similar to that um last year with my father you know um that's where um it kind of puts people's guard down you know versus like you know, hey, you're here just to uh, quick buck on me. You yeah. Know? When people think like that, then that that wall is definitely up, and the shield is ready for you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, cool. uh, so 
Let's and, do a quick, uh, oh, I'm sorry, what were you? And then I would say, and literally what we're talking about here, which I would say is step five, is just literally the follow-up because follow you said it best, you know, I'm going to keep sending these letters until you tell me to, you know, until you call me, <laughs> tell me otherwise. Yeah. Um, but follow-up, 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 the, the, the money's made in the follow-up um, because that's going to separate you uh, from anybody else. I mean, even if you're doing, let's say you're doing direct mail to, to probates and pre-foreclosures, there's nothing wrong with that. I did that myself. But the the key is in the follow-up. If if you send one letter and that's it, um, you're probably gonna you you probably just threw your money away. I hate to yeah, say it, but right. more than likely it's it was a waste because you you had no follow-up. So instead of sending out a thousand letters to a thousand people, maybe send ten letters to a hundred people. Yeah, you know? people are are definitely attracted to consistency, and yep. and they get more curious. You're you're sparking interest. Um, by continuously following up and like you mentioned as well once you get more information from them and start doing uh, social media marketing to them um, then you just start popping up everywhere and that's that's where you want to be you want to be fresh on their mind uh, whether you're on the phone with them or off the phone you, you always just want to be popping up in their face uh, because that's going to be a great you know reminder of um, you know to actually complete a transaction with you so cool. So let's go over exactly one more time, you know, step one through five, uh, we have, you know, finding where your farm yeah. area is going to be, where you want to actually uh, dive into investing. Look uh, at cash buyers, look at buy and hold investor areas, areas where lots of flipping is going on. Yep. Get that map. And then number two, drive for dollars. Uh, you can get creative with this and turn it into some exercise and get on a bike, a skateboard, a, a scooter, whatever it may be, skate around. Um, so me, me and my scooter are interested in buying your house. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that's attractive. <laughs> Take a picture with your scooter. Yeah, that's attractive. That's something different. That's something different. Uh, cool. So then once you find those eyesores, then step three is leave a note. Yep. Uh, preferably by a lady or, or somebody with better handwriting than yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's not your strongest suit. Um, afterwards, step four, then you start following up with mail. Yeah. And, you know, you're creating your list, you're getting more organized with it. And, uh, you know, you start following up um, with direct mail. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, step four is going to be your first piece and then getting that phone number from them you know, getting, if you can get their email. So really that initial start digging in process, right? And then, oh, this person, you, you might look at the tax records and I didn't even talk about this. This person might live in, in Texas and I'm in Illinois, right? Like you can look up the tax records. So that, that step four is really too, is like digging in deep to this, this person because um, wherever those tax records are, I didn't even talk about that. That's usually where you want to send that letter um, versus sending it to the house. Like if the property's vacant, you send it to the house, they may never get that piece of mail. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's great content. Yeah. Um, and then obviously step five is continuously follow up. So follow up, follow up, follow up. And, um, you know, over time, just stay persistent until they, they either quit or they give in. So. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, and 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 if if you start doing that again, and I don't suggest creating, 
you know, doing 10 towns at once, just like I was talking about with the mail. The, the, the main thing is identify one or two areas, build that area out, uh, but then work that. And if you only have the capacity to work one neighborhood or two neighborhoods, at least starting out, well, work those two areas like what we're saying and, yeah. and, and pound those areas because the smaller sample size you work, the harder you can work that sample size. Mm -hmm. And then scale. And then we, and I'll even throw in another step here, uh, which would be step six is outsource. Outsource, yep. So, you know, what, what I do is I, you, what, what I, what we'll do is we'll hire somebody literally to do what I'm doing. And that's literally going in a neighborhood. We pay them to, to put the, uh, the flyers. And then we also give them a little bit of a bonus by documenting a house that's distressed. Mm. So when they document a house that's stressed, I want them to take a picture of the house. I want them to take a picture of what's wrong with the house. And then, um, and then, and then the way to, to outsource it too, it's very easy for somebody to, you hire someone to take your flyers and then they throw them in the trash and then you, you're paying them. So what we do is when people are out there doing flyers, we have them take photos of every single flyer that they put on the door. Wow. And then they, you know, they upload that to like a Dropbox. Um, and then, but then we have proof that, that we don't have to sit there and babysit them and make sure that they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then you could also track it. So, all right, you worked for three hours. Like, let's say it's uh, like it's the city of Chicago. You should be able to get through houses a lot quicker than the suburbs because houses are a lot closer. Yeah. And so they're averaging this many houses per hour. And then maybe they've been working for you for, for, I don't know, two months. And then all of a sudden their production is like, well, they're not putting as many flyers up anymore per hour. And kind of, it's, it's a great way where you don't have to babysit people anymore. I love that. Uh, That's great. And, too. Yeah. And, uh, but, but yeah, you can easily outsource it. It's not something you have to pay a million bucks to have somebody to do. Mm -hmm. All somebody has to do is have a camera phone on their, um, their cell phone. Um, and then be able to use, and then we use Google Sheets for them then to write down what's wrong with the house, um, what did they, uh, what did they find wrong with it, why did they identify that property, and then they add those to their um, timesheet, and then that has to correlate with to how many entries they put on Google Sheets, which I have that special folder for for those properties. So I recommend people to have two cameras. One is just for all the notes; <clears throat> it just makes it easier for the flyer people that are doing it. And then another camera when they find a property that has, that has distress so they can take the two or three photos that we're looking for. Then they don't have to go back through and create more work for themselves um, to, to go back through, you know, a thousand pictures. So. Yeah, I love it. Wow, Josh, I mean, you really just poured in. This is some great value. I, I think a lot of uh, anybody just getting started or in general, if you're experienced or not, I think today was tremendous value. So I know everybody's going to be able to implement and take action right away on these steps and, and be able to get an outcome, which is awesome. Uh, so yeah. Thank you, Brandon. I really appreciate Thank you, man. This was awesome. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm stealing your idea of uh, taking the, you know, taking the selfie in front of the house. That's, I love it. <laughs> love that. It's free, man. Take it out for everybody. Enjoy. Thank that. you, brother. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So uh, how can, you know, what, what does your future kind of hold for you? Yeah, so I, I think 
um, and, and we didn't really dive into this, but, um, and I'm huge on video marketing, um, out of the box marketing. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of starting like a did, you know, I already have enough businesses as it is, but I, I want to throw on a couple more. So <laughs> creating a digital media company um, and then possibly even where we're doing the marketing for investors, doing the work for realtors, doing it for businesses. I love video. Um, you definitely check out. I have some really cool and, and unique stuff we're doing with video. Um, and again, it's just a differentiation factor um, that, you know, separates you. I mean, video, it, it's amazing. Um, you know, video has been around for a long time. YouTube's been around for a long time and, and people are not using it enough. Really. People are not using it enough. And if you're not using it, you know, um, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're going to be lost. I mean, you know, again, it doesn't necessarily apply to this particular strategy where we're talking about, but if you want an online presence at all whatsoever, video is the number one thing you need to be. And, and I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't look good on camera and da, 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 da. Well, you get better. The more you do it, yeah. the better you become. No one's, if you look at the, I think the number one podcast right now is the Joe Rogan experience, I believe. And I literally went back to watch his first podcast. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. It was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the number one podcaster right now, like he started somewhere, right? Yeah. And um, like it was still like decent content, but like he started somewhere and he, he just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And he got better at it. And that's the same with any sort of marketing you're going to make mistakes. You're going to tweak your marketing. I mean, we could have a whole conversation about refining and tweaking and ABC split testing. Um, but the thing is do it, you know, that's the most, you know, everybody was worried about having it be perfect. Oh, here we go. Got to take yeah. action. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, taking action is the number one thing you need to do, you know, a lot of people are like, everything's got to be perfect. I don't care. It'll never be perfect. And by the time it's perfect, everything has changed and it's not going to work anymore. So take action now, do it. And then you could work out the bumps and things as you go along. I love it. Cool. So how can people uh, get a hold of you? And don't forget, if you don't mind, I know you mentioned about your book in a little bit in the, in the past, but yeah, um, I'll do the same as you. Here we go. <laughs> So it's 15 reasons your house hasn't sold. So this is uh, specifically for homeowners, the cool. blueprint to sell any house. You could buy this on Amazon. Um, we'll put a link in there. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you could uh, definitely pick that book up. It's uh, great things, uh, strategies that your realtors should be implementing. If you're an investor and you're flipping houses, it's not just meant for homeowners. What should you be, uh, what should realtors, what can they do um, and different things that you can actually, I would say, demand or expect or, you know, when you're selling a house, okay, you know, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're selling these houses for. And many realtors will spend, you know, some realtors don't spend any money to market them. And I think that's a, a real big disservice to investors. So what are some different things they could be doing to market your house? Because they're, you know, they're going to make their, you know, I don't want to 
quote commissions, but if they're going to make a commission for selling their house, I want to make sure that they're doing more than just slapping slapping it on the MLS. Yeah. Um, and so read that book. That'll give you some different cool things that your agents could be doing if you are an agent. Um, things that'll differentiate you between other real estate agents out there um, that you could easily implement. You know, like one of the examples is is pricing. And I'll give another little tidbit. Uh, pricing is the biggest mistake I see real estate agents make. It's the biggest mistake. So. I'll give you an example. A house listed at, and this is chapter one, a house listed at 199999. This is the biggest mistake people make. By underpricing the home by just $1, in many cases, you're losing 10%, 20% of buyers. And wow. why is that? It's because people do even, it's the way that people search online. So um, if people are looking, for example, for 150 to 200 and you're listed at 199, congratulations, they see your house. But if someone's searching from 200 to 225, 200 to 210, 200 to 250, and you're listed at 199, 999, your house isn't even being seen. And so that $1, so if, if, if possible, and I talk about how to do, we do what's called reverse prospecting to look at how many buyers are at particular price points. I've never seen one case study where there were more buyers at 199 than there were 200 or more buyers at 499 than there were 500, never. Wow. Um, and so that's a little tidbit to try to do even numbers if possible. Um, and I go over some other online strategies that agents can do. But yeah, just find me on LinkedIn, uh, Joshua uh, Ingles. And it's uh, like Inglis is the way it's spelled, I-N-G-L-I-S. Uh, connect with me on Facebook. Uh, you can check out my website, joshuaingles.com. And uh, definitely check out my YouTube. I would say that would be where you kind of see some of the videos and uh, get some ideas for things you could be doing in your market with video marketing. You know, I see a lot of agents copying things I'm doing now, and I love it because yeah. it's like that's the best form of uh, flattery. <laughs> it is. It really is. So, so if you copy what I'm doing, go ahead. I mean, I, I'm giving you permission to do so because um, that's – because then that pushes me to start doing things different and, and as well. Uh, but just getting the, you know, what do I talk about? Well, there's just get on YouTube and just start searching real estate. There's a million and one topics you could talk about on, on real estate. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> that's awesome. I love it. So much great value in this. Cool. So uh, if, for any of you guys out there, uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me, you can search me anywhere on social media, uh, Brandon Elliott Investments. Uh, check me out, brandonelliottinvestments.com. Um, besides that, you can, you know, on Facebook, reach out to me. I'd love to help out in any way that I personally can or connect you with somebody else. Uh, reach out to both of us. Um, you know, if you have any questions about this episode or, or anything in general. And, um, if you guys found value in this, do me a favor, share this out. Uh, don't forget to check out the podcast, Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. And also, if you leave a review, I will send you my book, Action Nice. So uh, this has had tremendous breakthroughs for a lot of people. There's a lot of personal stories in here of uh, some things with me. So you'll get to, get to dive in, know you know, get to know, like, and trust me a little bit more, as well as um, things I do on a daily basis to help take action and build that momentum. Uh, it will be very helpful for a lot of people out there. So 
if uh if you guys find value in it please get this out to more people we are definitely you know we love real estate and want to start for us and our family tremendously and we want to kind of spread the word get more people interested in doing it as well so uh with that being said thank you guys so much for staying tuned and watching till the end um till next time josh you're the man i truly appreciate you brother Thank you, Brandon. Keep it up, man. Keep giving value. Keep giving back. I love what you're doing. So big honor. Thanks again. Thanks, brother. Till next right, time. Take care. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.